Welcome to the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. This is the place where we help young entrepreneurs make, keep, and grow wealth that you can enjoy now and for years to come. I'm your host, Jack Gibson, a serial entrepreneur, founder of multiple seven and eight figure businesses and wealth building strategists. Each week, I'm gonna share my tips, resources, and secrets to help you create a plan and build the life you've dreamed of. Back in the year 2000, I bought my first cellular phone. It was a flip open phone and texting was arduous when you had to use the numbers on the telephone to find the letters. Does anybody remember that? In less than two decades, we now have not phones, but computers in our pockets that are 100,000 times more powerful than the computer NASA used to send the first astronauts to the moon. What will happen over the next decade with technological advances will simply be mind boggling. Autonomous cars, gene editing therapy, biotechnology breakthroughs, 5G and then 6G super speed wireless networks, robotics, including personal assistants are just a handful of the exponential advances we are on the cusp of seeing in our everyday lives. To create wealth, we want to be picking the Netflix and not the Blockbuster. We want the Amazon and not the shopping malls. We want the Google and not the AOL. So we need to start positioning ourselves to be in front of these trends and in the early stages before these technologies get mass adopted. In order to do that, we will have to take on some risk. The key is keeping that risk a smaller part of our portfolios until we've built up some safe, stable, passive income streams. In today's episode, we will cover step four and take some small swings for the fences that don't knock us out of the game, but position us for some potentially huge upside. This is where it starts to get fun and you get to flex your entrepreneurial risk-taking spirit. All right, welcome back to the Indestructible Wealth Show. I'm super excited that you decided to join me yet again and Wow, I'm feeling good today, nice and limber and loose. I just got a 90-minute massage, sports medicine massage. You know, I told her I kind of almost like felt like funny about it. I'm just like, are you pursuing any like athletic type endeavors? And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get better at golf. And then I was just like hoping she didn't laugh, right? So, so I do though really need to get better at golf because every time I play good, which is not that often, but when it happens, it's like poetry in motion. It is so fun. So I got to get more flexible though. I'm super tight. Lower back is starting to get strained because I need to stretch more. You know, like, should I do yoga? Ah, is anybody out there like yoga? I don't think, how do you like yoga? Just sitting there for an hour and not being able to do something like productive and just stretching. That's really sounds awful. But anyway, she stretched me out good. There's not a really, I'll spend money on massages, you guys. I mean, I I think that's a great investment. So I want to create more money so I can get like even better massages. Now this, this, this girl was good. So she, uh, she, she, she went to work. So I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm loose. I'm limber. You guys ready? Because today we're going to talk about taking some small swings for the fences, some small, reasonable swings for the for the fences. This step is number four in the seven-step series. It's titled, Allocate a Portion of Your Investments into Well-Researched, High-Reward Plays Using Small Amounts That You Can Risk. So 
I'm going to set this up. Over the past several years, you know, after going through some very shady stock market manipulations, I had a couple stocks where, you know, these these uh, big Wall Street hedge fund guys, they came in and shorted the stock I was in. And, you know, my stock dropped like a rock then. Uh, I decided to learn and study and implement a cash flow investing strategy. I became so focused on it that I pretty much ignored anything that could even be considered the least bit speculative. So I pretty much got out of stocks. Uh, so I was just so pissed, right? You know, that wasn't the right move at all, but I was just so angry that people could come into a market like that where I could have no control and they could just, you know, they could, they could manipulate the market and cause a stock to go down. So I only, I wanted to only buy investments that I knew when I bought them, what the return on, on investment would be. So I started buying cash flow producing real estate and like everything I do when I make up my mind, I get super hyper-focused and to my own detriment, you know, I often can't see anything else. They call that what tunnel vision, right? For a couple hours per week, you know, I work at, and I help my wife out at our, our little nutrition club, whipping up high energy teas and healthy smoothies for customers. And this guy, Lance, the landscaper comes in, you know, I've, I've known Lance for several years. He's been a regular and we're in the same entrepreneurial group. He's a super nice guy. Uh, I know based on conversations at entrepreneurial club that he's had some significant struggles uh, struggles in his landscaping business you know mainly with employees i mean attracted and keeping solid hardworking, loyal you know people in that business is very very tough and lance was consistently feeling the same pain so we got into a conversation about bitcoin and cryptocurrency as i was just starting to get into it and hear more about it and lance told me that he bought 10 Bitcoin back when it was $1,000 per coin. Now, it was at 20,000 when we had that conversation and quickly thereafter, it's jumped to as high as $64,000. It currently sits as of this recording at 54,000 per coin. Now, Lance, the struggling landscaper took $10,000, we call that a stack of high society, right? Stack, doesn't that sound, sound cool? Got a stack of high society. I learned that from Rounders with Matt Damon, the poker movie. He talked about, you know, when he went in and grabbed three stacks of high society and went into the illegal underground poker game and then he lost it all. No, I don't, I've never done that. But he turned $10,000 and it's now worth over $540,000, you guys. I knew right then and there that I had to change my mindset. It was time to start going after some exponential returns. I mean, I could have peeled off 10 grand and bought some Bitcoin, you know, when it was a thousand per coin. I could have easily done that. I, I peeled off 10 grand and went and played in the World Series of Poker. And, you know, I, I lost I lost all that in 10 hours, you know, playing in the main event, which was a dream. So it was okay. It was a dream come true. And I don't regret it. It was awesome. Oh man, I got, I got, I got it stuck to me on that in that last hand I was in. That's a man. I still feel, I still feel bitter about that. So I can't talk about it right now. But I knew it's time to stop grinding out only small and predictable returns. And I, I need to start going. I needed to start doing making some, what they call you know high, higher risk, higher reward plays. Now. 
you know, I didn't rush, go out and just rush out and buy Bitcoin, you know, and is at an all time high. I started learning and studying the market, you know, FOMO, which, which is a acronym for fear of missing out is a really terrible emotion for the investors. You know, that got me back in 2000 when I'd saved up $50,000 while I was going to college and I invested it all in the, you know, tech stocks because and other investors were getting like 30, 40% annualized returns in tech stocks. So I thought, okay, I don't want to miss out on this. So I buy in at the market peak, boom, you know, lose half my money. And so I didn't want to repeat that error in judgment again, right? If we're going to learn anything from the mistakes of our past is like, let's not repeat them. So FOMO causes us to buy things when they're hitting peaks instead of buying things when they're on sale. You know, so I started doing research. I subscribed to some experts, you know, I paid you know, a few grand to experts who study crypto, have insider information, have research teams and who have been doing it for years. And I finally just humbled myself and said, you know what, dude, just follow their advice. They know a lot more about this than you. So I followed their suggestions. I spread my allocation across, you know, multiple uh, coins so there's uh, Bitcoin and then there's altcoins. Altcoins are alternative coins, right? That's everything but Bitcoin. And I pretty much went into it that, hey, I'm going to be prepared to just hold for five to 10 years, you know, waiting for this to really, really get into mass adoption where we're using blockchain technology in our everyday life. And I do believe that is coming. That is absolutely, that day is coming where you and I, our entire day will be multiple occurrences of blockchain and cryptocurrency usage will happen within the next decade, probably much faster than that. I can absolutely guarantee that's coming. Well, you know, I didn't have to wait very long. Within a month, my portfolio was up over 100%. Now, it's very volatile, so it can swing quite a bit from even one day to the next. You know, last week, I lost over $100,000 in crypto overnight. Now, don't like, don't play the violin. That was just a portion of my gains. And I got it, you know, it's all back, you know, like one week later, it's all back, right? So that's why, like, I, I didn't care when it happened because I knew that it was just a temporary downswing. But, you know, it's a really, it's a small percentage of my overall portfolio, but it has a chance of growing exponentially. I call it parabolic. I love that word. Isn't that a cool word? It's going parabolic, Right. So if all of my crypto goes to zero, which is unlikely, you know, the greater chance is that like it's hacked and stolen, then my cash flow producing investments will replace everything I've put into crypto within about a year. You know, I have one coin, Uniswap. I love this coin. Now, I don't know right now if I rush out and buy it. I'm not telling you to do that because it, you know, it's it, when I bought it is at $3 and now as of today, it's at $41. So according to my chart, I'm up 990% on Uniswap. You know, Uniswap is a uh, kind of like Coinbase where you can buy and sell crypto, but it's a decentralized exchange. So I really like the concept. It made sense to me. So I bought, that's one of the ones that, that I bought and it was also recommended to me, right? So, so 990% increase on just that one coin in about four months. Crazy, right? There's lots of plays in the stock, ma uh, stock market that we can also use, you know, the straight, same strategy to go for big gains. 
you know, I can't say that I'm taking huge risks, but I'm going for what's called asymmetric gains. So let's think about this, the difference between a symmetric uh, bet and an asymmetric bet. So symmetry is where you have an equally divisible, um, you know, amount on one side or the other. So when somebody is said to have symmetry in their looks, they're generally, they're generally going to be better looking, right? Because you have, you have like equal uh, symmetry and balance um, in your features. In this case, a symmetric bet is where you put in, you know, let's say a hundred dollars and you're, you're going for these like five to $10 type gains. So a symmetric bet the upside is about equal to the downside. Okay. So this is so, so these symmetric bets, I mean, they can definitely go, you know, we've seen it happen. The stock market has dropped by 50% back in 2008. That has happened back last year, last March when COVID hit, you know, the market dropped like 30%, right? So, so you can definitely see some big uh, downward, you know, drops. You could also see some, you can see some 30, uh, you know, 50% gains in the stock market as well. So symmetric bets are typical for high cash value whole life, real estate, mortgage-backed notes, mutual funds, you know, which historically hit around maybe 6%. Symmetric bets overall are less volatile. They have, uh, they tend to be safer. Typically, there's not a huge risk to your capital. I would, however, argue, you know, the point that mutual funds for their average annual returns of just 6% are probably absolutely the riskiest of all those available options you know, because they can drop, you know, in value pretty quickly. Asymmetric bets. Now these are fun. This is where we're going to start doing it in this step. This is where you put in a dollar and you're going for a hundred, even a thousand dollars. You know, this is the Uniswap bet. This is Lance's bet into Bitcoin, right? These are small bets that have a chance of going parabolic. These types of plays typically sound too good to be true for most people. So you know, and that's the way I was too. I was like, this is, this only happens for other people. This is never going to happen for me. I'm going to pay place the bet and I'm going to lose it all. So you don't even open up your mind to the possibilities that this can happen for you. I was definitely that guy. So I can understand and I can relate. You know, my, my two biggest thoughts were that only happens for others that get lucky. And two, I don't have the time, the patience or the research abilities to sift through and analyze the thousands of potential asymmetric opportunities out there and somehow throw a dart at the dart board, right? And pick the right investment. But here's the thing. You don't have to do the research and spend the time and have the patience to analyze thousands of opportunities. There are really smart guys who do this every day that spend all day, every day looking at potential options and then pass that information on to you. They have proven track records of being able to make picks that provide monstrous type gains. They have 150 person research teams that do the heavy lifting. What are these? Who are these people? How do I find them? Well, they're out there. There's, there's, there's plenty of options. These are what's called paid subscription models or newsletters. Now, does every pick they make go parabolic? Of course not. But here's the thing. You don't need them to. Oftentimes, you only need them to be right one out of 10 times. But oftentimes, they're right a lot more than one out of 10 times. So let's look at an example. Say you've been presented with 10 well-researched early-stage companies that Wall Street hasn't recognized yet and haven't gone mainstream. 
this is how I love investing in the stock market. I want small companies, you know, that I, I, that I understand what they're doing. I get their business model. I want a piece of the ownership of that company. Because when you buy a stock, it's an equity or share of ownership in that company. So I want to I get these companies that a lot of people aren't even looking at yet. So you bet $1,000 in all 10 picks for a total of 10 grand. After five years, nine of them drop in half. Now, these are viable companies, so it's not likely that they go bankrupt and simply drop to zero. Certainly um, in the equities market, this is not very likely to happen where, where they go to zero. You know, these are businesses that do have some track record of you know, sales and revenue and, and infrastructure. Uh, but more likely they would drop in value by a percentage. Now in the crypto game, there are going to be a lot of projects that simply just vanish and completely go to zero. That just will, uh, as this whole technology starts to really play out, we will probably see it more in the crypto space than we will in the equities market. So one of the 10 picks goes up 100x to 100,000. So on your original $10,000 invested, you have a total value of 104,500, right? So you got the 4,500 because the other nine dropped in half. So there's your other 4,500. And then you got the 100,000, right? From the one that went 100X. So that's a total return of 945%. In an annualized, you know, if we look at it on a, on a year by year basis, it's an annualized return on investment of 59%, of, uh, right? So being that the average mutual fund returns an actual annual return of around 5% to 6% historically, I'd say 59% is pretty darn good. What's critical to the successful implementation of this strategy is the asset allocation model that I adamantly teach. You see, you've got your safe, steady, predictable, boring returns from your whole life cash value insurance policy. You got your mortgage-backed notes with a safe and predictable 6 to 9%. You got your real estate rental holdings that crank out, you know, 8, 10%, maybe as much as 20% with use, utilizing leverage or debt. And then you got your syndication investments, like the one I'm in with self-storage that hit, you know, 18, 20, 25, even, even 30%. And then in addition, you've got some equity, you've got some private businesses that you own, you've got some private money loans out there, blue chip, dividend paying stocks, you know, maybe you got some collectibles like some, uh, you know, sports trading cards or some vintage cars with various rates of return. With those solid income producing assets in play and a diversification across all these different asset classes, you can comfortably and aggressively take some swings for the fences with these asymmetric plays. What's important is if you're following the seven step strategic process here, then you're clear on strategy over tactics. Strategy in any field trumps tactics. You know, imagine the US military going to war and randomly sending in troops and tanks and jet fighters without an overall strategic coordinated plan to guide them simply because they have better tactics. You know, their tactics are their advanced weaponry, their highly skilled trained fighters, their, you know, overall superior technology. Those are the tactics. No matter how superior the tactics, without a guided strategic plan, then we all know this could 
you know, go into battle uh, just on tactics could be a, and probably will be a total disaster. So the same thing applies to your financial plan. You know, you got to know and understand your strategy. Then the tactics, what you're actually, you know, buying within that strategy like this will be one part of your overall efforts. You guys, come on. I'm not telling you ever to risk your current lifestyle for a better one. I'm not telling you to take gambles that you're not comfortable making that don't make sense for you. When you follow my step, seven step plan, you know, you're never going to get knocked out of the game if you do it the right way. So I'm saying like, okay, if you're up until age 30 or under, you know, you could probably do 20, 30% of your total portfolio investable dollars. You could do it into these types of plays because Look, you got a long time and a lot of earning power to recover, right? But as you start hitting, you know, 40, 50, 60, you know, you want to start taking taking smaller percentages of your total portfolio to go after these types of riskier plays because you, you know, you don't have as long to recover. Now, I believe that with the amount of, uh, you know, new technology in the biotechnology area and, and, and precision medicine and gene therapy that's coming out, I believe that we're going to see the lifespans of the average American are going to skyrocket over the next couple decades, over 100. I believe that's probably very likely to happen. So, you know, you got even longer, you know, when you're, you're 40 or you're 50 today and you have a expected lifespan of 100, well, you got a lot more time to, um, to take riskier, you know, higher return type bets, right? So I really appreciate Lance, although I'm, I'm a bit jealous. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm jealous because, you know, like we have an incredible life and um, plenty of uh, resources, right? I'm just kicking myself because, you know, I didn't do what what Lance did. I didn't do this a decade ago, two decades ago even. So I'm just encouraging you guys to, you know, keep a balanced plan and you're going to everything, it's going to work out for you. Okay. So I, I hope you got a ton of value out of today's, you know, episode. I can't wait to um, share the next uh, episode with you guys. Here we go. That's a wrap for this episode of the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. Before we part ways, I want to help you take advantage of two incredible tax-saving strategies that could help you save a lot of money. All you have to do is leave me a five-star review, if I've earned it, and comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in. After you've done that simple step, just email me a screenshot at reviews at myindestructiblewealth.com, and I'll send you everything you need to save money on your taxes for years to come. If you'd like to dive deeper into your own wealth building strategy, check us out at myindestructiblewealth.com and follow along on social media. Also, please share this podcast with anyone who's looking for guidance on their own wealth building journey. Until next time, remember our mission here is to help you make, keep, and grow wealth you can enjoy now and for years to come.